Hello, welcome to Women and Faith. My name is Stephanie Schwartz, and I'm the host of Women and Faith, a podcast to help women trust and obey God by knowing and applying His Word. We've been working through A.W. Tozer's classic book, The Knowledge of the Holy, and we're at chapter 8, God's Infinitude. You've probably seen or heard of the Disney stories, Toy Story, about a pair of toys named Woody and Buzz. Woody is a cowboy, and Buzz is a space ranger, and Toy Story chronicles their story or their adventures. Now, Buzz, the space ranger, popularized the phrase, to infinity and beyond, and it's been quoted by many people since the movie's release. To infinity and beyond symbolizes Buzz's resolve to venture into the unknown and surpass the perceived boundaries of what's achievable. When we think of infinity, we usually think of the distance between zero and some impossibly huge number way out there that will never be reached. But in a sense, infinity is even more than the biggest number in the universe— And as mathematicians point out, there are an infinite number of numbers just between zero and one. For example, there's one half and one fourth and one eighth and one sixteenth, and the list goes on infinitely. Infinity is defined by Oxford languages as limitless or endless in space, extent or size, impossible to measure or calculate. Infinity is measureless. Now, A.W. Tozer addresses God's infinitude in the eighth chapter of the knowledge of the holy. God is infinite. Psalm 147 verse 5 says, Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. His understanding is then infinite. Because he is infinite, God is limitless. Tozer writes, Of all that can be thought or said about God, his infinitude is the most difficult to grasp. Even to try to conceive of it would appear to be self-contradictory, for such conceptualization requires us to undertake something which we know at the outset we can never accomplish. Yet we must try. For the Holy Scriptures teach that God is infinite, and if we accept His other attributes, we must of necessity accept this one too. For us, we can never conceive of God as He really is because our minds are finite. If we could conceive of God as He really is, He wouldn't be God. No matter how hard we try to measure or understand God, He will always be beyond us. However, as Tozer pointed out, we should embrace what God has called us to understand. Even when these concepts challenge us to expand our minds beyond our current comprehension. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 28 says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. And yet God reveals his infinitude to us for a reason. 
Tozer says, properly, the word can be used of no created thing and of no one but God. Hence, to argue about whether or not space is infinite is to play with words. Infinitude can belong to but one. There can be no second. God alone cannot be measured in any way. And Tozer says, it is the way we see the works of his hands, but not the way we see him. He is above all this, outside of it, beyond it. Our concepts of measurement embrace mountains and men, atoms and stars, gravity, energy, numbers, speed, but never God. We cannot speak of measure or amount or size or weight and at the same time be speaking of God. For these tell of degrees and there are no degrees in God. All that he is, he is without growth or addition or development. Nothing in God is less or more or large or small. He is what he is in himself without qualifying thought or word. He is simply God. Tozer goes on, In the awful abyss of the divine being may lie attributes of which we know nothing and which can have no meaning for us, just as the attributes of mercy and grace can have no personal meaning for the seraphim or cherubim. These holy beings may know of these qualities in God, but be unable to feel them sympathetically for the reason that they have not sinned, and so do not call forth God's mercy and grace. So there may be, and I believe there surely are, other aspects of God's essential being which he has not revealed even to his ransomed and spirit-illuminated children. That's fun to consider. What is Tozer talking about there? In 1 Peter 1, 10 through 12, Peter wrote, Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you, in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preached the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. And then he adds, things into which angels long to look. Angels were never offered salvation. They don't personally know mercy and grace the way that we do. Wayne Grudem comments on this passage in 1 Peter 1, 10 through 12, specifically 12. Peter says that even as he writes, angels are still longing to look into these things and learn more about them. The longing must therefore include a holy curiosity to watch and delight in the glories of Christ's kingdom as they find ever fuller realization in the lives of individual Christians throughout the history of the church. And then he references Ephesians 3, 8 through 10. In Ephesians 3, 8 through 10, Paul writes, To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given. 
to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. As J. Adams says, this is the grand demonstration where these rulers and authorities in the heavenly places, even the angels, might see things about God and his attributes through us. Just as there are things we know to be true about God that the angels don't know, in the same way, there are certainly things that the angels know about God that we don't, and quite possibly things that neither of us know about God, but it doesn't make it any the less true. God is absolutely measureless. He is infinite. So what does this mean for us? Tozer writes, Life is a short and fevered rehearsal. For a concert, we cannot stay to give. Just when we appear to have attained some proficiency, we are forced to lay our instruments down. There is simply not time enough to think, to become, to perform what the constitution of our natures indicates we are capable of. And he goes on, because of this, how completely satisfying to turn from our limitations to a God who has none. And Tozer concludes, for him, time does not pass. It remains. And those who are in Christ share with him all the riches of limitless time and endless years. God never hurries. There are no deadlines against which he must work. Only to know this is to quiet our spirits and relax our nerves. For those out of Christ, time is a devouring beast. Before the sons of the new creation, time crouches and purrs and licks their hands. The foe of the old human race becomes the friend of the new. And the stars in their courses fight for the man God delights to honor. Tozer goes on, the Christian man possesses God's own life and shares his infinitude with him. In God, there is life enough for all and time enough to enjoy it. Whatever is possessed of natural life runs through its cycle from birth to death and ceases to be. But the life of God returns upon itself and ceases never. And this is life eternal, to know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. Tozer quoting John 17, 3 there. So just as God is limitless, so are his attributes. God's mercy and God's grace has no end. Tozer also adds, against our deep creature sickness stands God's infinite ability to cure. We're limited, but God is not. He is infinite. Tozer writes, the Christian witness through the centuries has been that God so loved the world. It remains for us to see that love in the light of God's infinitude. 
His love is measureless. It is more. It is boundless. So considering these things in light of our processing through our fear, our worry, and our anxiety, Tozer began the chapter with a quote from Anselm. Anselm was one of the most important Christian thinkers of the 11th century, and he wrote, Up now, slight man, flee for a little while thy occupations. Hide thyself for a time from thy disturbing thoughts. Cast aside now thy burdensome cares and put away thy toilsome business. Yield room for some little time to God and rest for a little time in Him. Enter the inner chamber of thy mind. Shout out all thoughts save that of God and such as can aid thee in seeking Him. Speak now, my whole heart, speak now to God, saying, I seek thy face. Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Next time, we'll walk through chapter 9, the immutability of God. But until then, let's remember that God is not like us. The limitations of being human do not apply to him. We may not always find answers to our why questions, we can find perfect peace in God's wise plan. So may we determine to make time this week, and as Anselm suggested, to stop and rest in Him. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Please feel free to email wf at compasschurch.org with any questions or comments that you might have. And I look forward to meeting again with you next time as we explore the ninth chapter of Tozer's Knowledge of the Holy. Spirit.